Shane Willis. It's episode 256 of Kane's Cast. And, well, it's the summertime, and, you know, a lot of players have birthdays. And if you're Sebastian Ajo, I think we found out the Hurricanes know how to give really good gifts. All I want to know is if Don knows when my birthday is. Mine's coming up on Monday. <laughs> I mean, he missed mine. Mine was in June. I did not see 9.75 floated my way. <laughs> Saying mine's, uh, let's see, if Sebastian's is on the 26th, mine is five days later, if anybody's listening. Here we go. I'll take a storm brew. Or Venmo Mike. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll bypass the Venmo this month. Please, Venmo Mike, it's his birthday. Well, just this week. Uh, I'll throw it right back to you for next week. Or, again, you, you know what? Get me a storm brew. The proud presenting sponsor of Kane's Cast, which you can pick up at your favorite uh, grocery store or any place where adult beverages are sold. Remember, when you buy them, you're getting a crisp, light, refreshing lager. And it's just 97 calories, 2.4 carbs. I mean, you can't beat that. Perfect for this summer heat because it is hot outside and it is humid. And, of course, if you can't enjoy it at your own house for whatever reason, go to their tap room. They have it right there on Capitol Boulevard. Which we have been very tardy on getting to. Yeah, we're supposed to do a show from there. We're going to do a show from there. Summer schedule. Summer camp's almost over. I got one more week next week. Before the end of August, we're there. Okay. We'll okay. invite everyone who's listening. Yeah. We'll have a time. Yeah, we'll, we'll set it up. We'll do, uh, we want to do like maybe a, we'll get the hours squared away, but like yep. a nooner, two o'clocker. Love it. All right, we'll figure that out. Maybe, maybe a one. work special. I don't even know. I don't even know if we have time. So many options. <laughs> we do have time. Nice we don't right now. Yeah. No, not right now. That's why the uh, podcast, uh, which is brought to you by Storm Brew and R&D Brewing, uh, comes at uh, different times. Like, Any like new pops say, coming out from R&D? I, we need know, to get some insight. I checked. I need, to, I need to do my intel on that. Yeah. Good question. I mean, it is hot out. I'm not sure if you're listening, but I'm sure you're listening inside right now. Yeah. Wow. Or in your car, air conditioning <laughs> on. Uh, and, uh, you and I golfed the other day and by the third hole, it was like I had golfed 36 and I sweat naturally and let alone. Yes. Yeah. I'll the guy, you. the guy on the range asked me how many balls I need. I said one, <laughs> one warm up swing, please. I, I should have stayed on the range. I left them all on the range. I know that comes as a surprise because generally I have none, but I mean the first holes I looked like I was shot out of a cannon and then everything fell apart. I had a good second hole and I think there was one more after that. And then. I remembered. I, I don't like golf. I just play golf. Uh, I, I know what I do like, though. Um, you you want Sebastian Ajo as your golf partner when we get the match going. Yeah, I wish we could have played on his birthday because he would have been excited. He was a little busy. And he would have been buying the Storm Brew. A little busy. And- <laughs> uh, as he told the assembled media, he had a nice home-cooked meal from his mom, which... Uh, Always makes him happy on his his birthday. And, of course, the Hurricanes signed him to an eight-year 9.75 AAV. That is uh, annual average salary, if you are looking at it, uh, for the term of those eight years. Uh, And, of course, when when this happens, Shane, people always do the debate of, you know, where does he rank? Where does he fit? You know, should he be paid? Like, yes, he should. If you watch the Carolina Hurricanes and watch the player – that Sebastian Ajo is, he's worth every penny of this contract. There's no doubt about it. And for me, you get it done this year, you get it done now, and you avoid any kind of drama of the offseason and what are you going to do. 
because we know the last time he came to a point where he needed to get a contract done, there was a little bit of, shall we say, drama that was involved in it, and it worked Who out. Who remembers good. that? I, I mean, I just, I remembered something about, you know, French-speaking people and hockey fans, but I just, I drive Revenge this, is sweet. It is. <laughs> but you're not going to go through any of that. He is the cornerstone of this franchise, but... As a guy who played the game, and, and the game is different now. I mean, game's changed, as we know that. But what is it about his game that you watch that you say, that's a guy you have to have on your team. This is a building block player. Two things for me on Sebastian. One, consistency. Day in and day out, nothing changes. And two, it's his passion. His sheer hate to lose. And you want that kind of fire in your locker room, especially from your star. And Sebastian Ajo brings that on a daily basis, and it's a no-brainer to me. And I think whenever these deals come out, and now the rumblings around the league of other guys who are coming up for deals are like, wow, Sebastian Ajo, does this bring my value down? Because when you look at this deal, and yes, when you look at it, you think 9.75, that's a lot. But again, eight years. Think about this deal, which is still team-friendly in year one and two, but as Sebastian Ajo continues to get better, but he's only 26. So when you look, I said this to someone the other day, after year three and on to eight, as the salary cap goes up, this team's going to have flexibility to bring in more players. And you have Sebastian Ajo at a great value of what other players around this league are are getting paid. Uh, For me, you use the word consistency. He's been in the league seven years, Shane. He scored 30 goals four times. In one of those seasons that he didn't, he scored 29. And I think he's just started. Yeah. You you mentioned he's already been here seven years, but he has just started becoming that superstar player that this team needs. I see Sebastian Ajo as a 40-goal scorer. And I really do. The last five years, he's a point-per-game player. He is. He played 82 games in the 18-19 season, had 83 points. 68 games in 19-20, 68 games, 66 points, I know. Uh, then he plays 56 games, has 57 points. 79 games, 81 points. He goes over that. Last year, 75 games, 67 points. A little bit off the average, but 36 goals. Um, Again, I'm with you. I can see him being a 40-goal scorer, but for me, you want a comp for a player, and I'm going to throw this out here, and I I hate doing this. I I do. Is it take it or send it back? Mm, You know what? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. There's, There's two. Um, one, I'm going to go away from the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. The obvious one is he is turning into what his head coach, Rod Brindamore, was as a player. Mm. How reliable of a... Take it. Yeah. How reliable of a player he's become defensively over these years, and he's a point-per-game player. The quiet lead-by-example guy. Exactly. And... Who plays with a fire. I don't know if there is a more competitive guy on the roster than him. I've, I've said it before. I will say it again. He hates to lose, but I would go into any game with Sebastian Ajo as my teammate, except for the golf match. Correct. He's my teammate. I have, I have Brady Shea for that. Yes. Uh, but it's it's that competitive. So here's the like it taken. Okay. Obviously, I'm taking Rod. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the one thing we hear from Rod whenever someone asks him about Sebastian. It's his passion and, and desire to win all the time. But it's a player who started off really 
an offensive juggernaut in his career and kind of had to go juggernaut had to go into a you might have to change your game a little bit to become a champion and that was Steve Eiserman in Detroit ooh i see a lot of Steve Eiserman in Sebastian Ajo's game i i like that mike so you'll take that i mean you're a professional i really enjoy that analogy right there i've given thought to it so um especially when the deal was done and when everybody's going to say where he fits. Now, Steve Eiserman is a, a Hall of Famer, one of the all-time best players that this league has seen. 22 seasons. But for me, it's when you take a look at where his career, where it started, especially in the middle, like in the, the late 80s, you know, he's a 100-point guy, 150-point guy. And then all of a sudden, around you know the, the mid-90s, when Detroit starts to get really good, Steve Eiserman goes from a scorer to a guy who, whatever it takes to win, 95 points, 85 points, 69 points. Well, they're winning championships in those years. They weren't winning championships when all he was doing was worried about scoring. Well, and I, what I love about this analogy, too, is where it resembles a little bit of Sebastian Ajo. When he started in, the Hurricanes were still finding their way, right? Becoming a great team. And players who recognize that about how to play the game, Steve Eiserman, as Sebastian Ajo, when you come to the league, out there a nonstop, play every situation, you got to score, we don't win, right? Now there's a team surrounding these great players, and they value that and continue to produce to get more wins than they did when they were getting over 100 points, as you mentioned in Steve Eiserman's case. Yeah, and now you can make the, the claim by the time the Red Wings start winning Stanley Cups in the mid-'90s, that Eiserman had been playing for 12 years. Well, it's still a league where you were putting up points. And, yeah, the game changed a little bit, became more defensively in the mid-'90s. Thanks, New Jersey. But, again, he goes from a guy who had, you know, 65 goals and 90 assists in a season to a guy who, when they win Stanley Cups, 36-60, and 22-63. Like, that, that's it. And I, I see Sebastian Ajo yeah. in, in, that, in that mold. And those two guys, those two comps, Rod Brindamore and Steve Eiserman, I can't think of anybody who's a hockey fan or knows the game who says that those guys weren't worth every penny or whatever contract you wanted to give them. Pretty good list to be on. Yeah. So, like I told you, I gave it some thought. What I like what you brought up with the deal, and again, this goes back to what the management team, what Don Waddell has put together, and Tom Dundon spends to the cap, the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, to put the best team on the ice. But they do it, but then they leave themselves flexibility to go a little bit closer if they need to. Because you know how these seasons go now. There's all, there's going to be something that you're going to either a player becomes available that you weren't sure they were going to be available at that time. Or there's, let's take a look at the free agent shopping bin. There's still some high ticket items still uh, yeah. on the shelves. Yeah. So, and, and for a lot of teams already, if you look at the website of Cap Friendly, there's a few teams already in trouble. Yeah. Going into next year. So when you look at, at what this contract does for the, for the Canes, Maybe this gives them a little bit more flexibility. And it, you and I, this isn't like, oh, yeah, they consulted us and told us here's what they're going to do. But if Correct. there's anybody still out there, maybe they can go an extra year or two if we think the cap is going to go up the way it's supposed to the next year or two. No question. And I think that's something that this organization, Tom Dundon, Don Waddell, and their staff focus on, making sure they're looking to the future and not ever getting into a corner of saying, well, if we don't get it this year, we're in big trouble three years from now. Um the other thing I want to jump on the side of the player and for our fan base in this organization, 
and I think this organization knows it, but for the fan base that I want to point out, the commitment of Sebastian Ajo, one, to be here long-term and taking an eight-year deal at this number. Because you mentioned the salary cap over the next few years and the way the league is trending and the, how hot it is right now and where the salary cap is going to go to. Sebastian Ajo, as a player, could have said, I only want a two- or three-year deal because then I want to yeah, go even in. higher. His commitment to say no. This is the right number for the organization and for our team to continue to be consistent, a contender each and every year to be able to put pieces around me to succeed and win as an organization and a team. And don't overlook that fact that you know, and I know how agents look at different things. They could say, hey, well, we'll take a three-year deal. You know, three years, I could really get you a huge, you know, mega deal. No. Sebastian always said, give me the long-term it fits for this organization, fits for me and my family, and we make this work. Yeah. He turned 26 yesterday. My mom turns not 26 today. Happy birthday, Mom. Happy birthday. There you go. Mama Maniscalco. Shane, Shane wishing you a happy birthday. She's probably more excited about that than uh, my happy birthday wish. No joke. You saw. Uh, but in the, uh, in the eyes here of Sebastian Ajo taking that deal, he's 26 years old. When the deal's done, he'll be 35. And there'll probably be another contract out there for him if he wants it. When you talk about the player and the agents and everything that goes into it, I don't know if uh, everybody has listened to Sebastian talk about signing the deal, but when they ask, you know, his agents and whatever, Sebastian's the one who goes, I know where I fit in these things and what the money is and what the term is. I want to ask you, how much do you think having a, a dad who's a GM, albeit – it's, you know, a Finnish elite league, but having a, a dad who's in management and having that sounding board to be like, all right, what deal do you take? Do I, you know, do I roll the dice and try to get the mega deal two, three years from now, or do we go for the long term? And for me, what, why wouldn't you take the long term deal if it's on the table for you? Stability is a great thing. Happen. Yes. Stability you know and locked in. Remembering that these contracts are guaranteed. It's not, not like in football, so much is guaranteed and some may not be. Now, next year, he's still playing under the the deal that he signed, yep. the offer sheet deal. Yep. So he's playing for $8.4 million next year. And then this deal kicks in. Mm-hmm. And I don't care where we are. Nine years from now, $9.75 million is still a lot of money. And if you add it up over eight years, it's a heck of a lot of money. Correct. So, and I think it goes back to something we talk about all the time, and it starts um, at the top in the organization all the way through that you have great people. Yeah. And Sebastian Ajo is that great person who looks at this organization and wants what is best for the team. And there's no question that you mentioned his dad and, and that relationship he has there and how grounded Sebastian is in his role, where he is in this organization to be a great leader, and you do that by example because other players see that. Other players in the room say, you know, could he maybe got 10, 11 million? Sure, he could have fought, right? But that would have affected this whole locker room and other guys that are sitting beside him that are a key part. I'm bringing up another name, uh, not for a, a comp as a player, but for the contract. And I don't like talking about other people's money because for me it's, you go out and get whatever you think that you can, whatever you think you're worth. But at the end of the day, the deal that you sign, that's your deal. That's that's why you did it. But you're talking about the overall, the picture of the team, making 
things better, making things more acce- you know, accessible to sign other players or keep players here. How about Sidney Crosby for his whole career? You know, he could have banged the table for I need to be the highest paid player in the league by miles. I need this kind of contract. I need that deal. And he's he's always been that guy. Well compensated for his career in the time and for what he makes. But this is a guy who five years ago could have said, I need to be a $10 million player. No question. And, and you, look, you go back to as early as last summer when he went to the wall for some of his teammates and said, you need to bring back Chris Letang. You need to b- bring back Evgeny Malkin. We're not moving these pieces. Make this work because I'm going to lead this team and try and get us to another championship. Yeah. And Sebastian Ajo thinks the same way. Now, his contract that he signed, if you, you want to dig into the numbers, and everybody can, the first few years, he signed a 12-year deal. The first few years, the payment is over $10 million. As a matter of fact, I think it ran that way until the 18-19 season. And then it's like, chipped down from here. Like now his base salary is like three million. But he spread it out to the point where the Penguins can keep Latang and they can keep Malkin. And he goes to bat and saying, we need to keep these guys. So that's what this move is for me. And and it's not just, hey, it's great we locked up Sebastian Ajo. It's you locked him up in a deal. He wants to play here. He wants to win here. And this is a deal that I think is really good for the player. And this is a deal that I think is exceptional for the Carolina Hurricanes. But there is a question. We have to do this. Somebody asked if we did a draft today, 1 through 32 in the first round, where does Sebastian Ajo go? And it's, it's not even a thought for me that he's a first-round draft pick. The question, no question. Is, the question is, where is he? What tier is he in? I put Sebastian Ajo to me is in a range, again, when you're looking at different teams and players around – I would put him, again, you and I know Sebastian, yes. so we, we know we're going to probably pick him in the top 10. But is he in the 8 to 12 range? He doesn't, in my mind. I think us, we're taking him in the top 5. Oh, for me, knowing what I know, yeah. I, I, there might be three names that I have. Right. That I I well again you I and I put in a, I'm and again and people are gonna don't go into the draft depending on what kind of GM you are you're just gonna pick the highest guy who gets yeah. the most points or you're gonna try and build a team around it yeah again I think Shane and I are admitting here it's called Kane's Cast we work for the Carolina Hurricanes but we have the insight of being around this guy and, and right. knowing it uh, like I said I mean if we're gonna go three names one guy's won a cup the other two guys on my list are on the same team and they haven't won a cup. And they play together. Sure. You can do the math there. One guy's a defenseman, too. who's a young guy who won a cup. Mm. Colorado. Mm-hmm. He's very good. Well, his, his guy up front is pretty good, yeah, too. Yeah, his guy up front's up there as well. But, I mean, if, if you did a draft, if we surveyed the league or whatever, if he is past the 15th name that's called, I, I don't know what people are watching. So, I think he's... And remember where the Carolina Hurricanes picked this young man. Yeah, second round. Correct. So... Uh, a, a great, great scouting by way to be by Robert Cron. <laughs> way to be so, and uh, that's what you go back into the day and watch those things. But you pay attention to those guys. If you redo his draft again, remember he's in the Eichel McDavid draft. If you do that again, if you're the Buffalo Sabers, I think you take Sebastian Ajo instead of Jack Eichel at two. Correct. I really think you do. Correct. I know Eichel won a cup and. Fabulous player in points. But, again, we're going total package here. 
Kane's made another move, though. And they're bringing back a familiar face. And they're getting him for $1.675 million, a one-year deal, defenseman Tony D'Angelo. I'm just going to talk about this from a hockey deal. This is a great hockey deal. You bring in a guy who you know what you're getting. You know he can run your system, at least as far as a power play goes, and run it effectively. He's had success playing in a Carolina Hurricanes uniform. There is no cost at all. In fact, you've actually gotten draft picks in exchange for moving this guy to Philadelphia. You didn't have to give anything up to get him back from Philadelphia. It costs you less than a reported deal that was apparently out there, uh, and the CBA and the NHL jumped in and said, well, you can't make that deal. Right. So as a pure hockey deal, this is the biggest win-win I've seen since the Canes signed Tony D'Angelo for a million dollars a few years ago. I completely agree. I mean, another great move, or lack of move, signing by Don Waddell and his staff. And as you mentioned, all the reports were out that there was going to be a prospect trade to Philadelphia. They were going to eat half the salary, so it would have cost the Hurricanes $2.5 million. So saving themselves $900,000 by that deal not happening, the Flyers buying out Tony D'Angelo, and you get him at one point six seven. So everyone knows what he brings to the table. Love the fire, the spark. You mentioned what he can do on the power play um, and the offensive side of things, but everyone always had, it's amazing, the first time it all went through, everyone was concerned about Tony D'Angelo and what he does, and three games in, everyone is in love with this guy and what he does on the ice and how he plays the game. And that part of how he plays hasn't changed one bit. And you have to have that fire. You have to have that passion. And Tony D'Angelo brings it. And the Hurricanes, again, get a high-value player to play inside their system. And they know what he can do. The relationship he already has with Rod and Tim Gleason. Mm -hmm. They're on the same page. This isn't a, oh, do they have to have some long conversations when he gets here? No. They're already on the same page. They know what's expected. He knows what he needs to do on a nightly basis. And he will do that. And Rod will demand the exact same thing of him as he did a few years ago. And I expect Tony D'Angelo to be a huge piece of this team on October 11th when the Hurricanes open this season. Yeah. And, again, there are certain things in, in life where, and I can tell you in social media, happened to me this week, that something gets out there. You can't control it when it's out there. But I can go back to when Tony D'Angelo played for the Carolina Hurricanes. There was not a peep about what he was in the locker room other than he's a good guy who loves hockey, who loves sports. It took five shifts for this building to erupt when he hammered. I can't remember who it was on a back check. Just threw him to the ice. We were playing the Rangers opening night. I think so. One of his former teams. And it was like, oh, this guy. We like this guy. Yeah. I mean, that's if, – if he plays, again – with what the Carolina Hurricanes, you talk about things they need, passion, fire, things like that. You got to play with that. He plays with that. And he plays for a coach who can put him in the right spots to do it. That, to me, is the exciting thing about where the Canes are. And you, you can't forget what he did. I mean, in that season, he had 10 goals and 41 assists and 51 points. I mean, that's pretty damn good for a blue liner. It was, you know, the most points that a Canes defenseman had put up until Brent Burns comes in. 
And he puts together that great season. I'm just trying to figure out the game for you right now. We've got our best people working on this. It was the Islanders. It was the Islanders. Yeah. Huge hit against the Islanders. Game one. And then he has the the Gordie Howe hat trick against the Blackhawks. Take that in night one. Yeah. I against mean, the Ottawa Senators. But he knows his role. I think for me, you can bring in a guy who you know exactly what you're going to get on the power play. And now you're going to put him, you know, he, he was paired up with Jacob Slavin two years ago. Probably not going to be paired up with Jacob Slavin this year if we're projecting lineups and where guys are going. Right. But then you can put him in a situation if we're, if everything stays the same right now, Shane, you put him in a, a situation where you control the matchups at home. He's going to have a good defenseman on the other side of him, no matter who it is, be it Jalen Chatfield or Dmitry Orlov or whoever it'll be. So, no, this is, a again, a win-win situation for the Carolina Hurricanes with where they're at. And I think that they there are some places, we've talked about this before, Tony D'Angelo didn't want to leave Carolina. No. But you try to come to a contract, hey, I feel I'm worth this. This is what I did. He's got to get paid. That's where I'm always for, again, with the player's side. You go get your deal. But it wasn't here at the time. But you know sometimes you go to that place or you get that that check. It doesn't always work out for the guys who right. do that. So, I don't know. I, I, I love I it. I mean, again, both moves. It's been an exciting week for the Hurricanes once again. And as this summer continues to get hotter, but as it gets to winding, it get hotter? winding to the end as we get close to the end of August and training camp approaches, this is another one of those teams that the NHL and everyone around the league is going to be talking about. How are we going to beat that team? Yeah. I mean, this is a team that you look at every move that they've made so far. Dmitry Orlov. This is bringing in faces. Michael Bunny. You bring back Tony D'Angelo. And now you bring in a guy like Brendan Lemieux, who plays with a little... P and V, if you will. P and V. That'd be piss and vinegar. I'll say it. It's a podcast. Yeah, that's fine. So, I mean, if you get a guy who I'm going to run around, I'm going to, you're not going to take liberties on my team or my teammates. And Tony D'Angelo doesn't let other guys on other teams get away with that stuff. From a pure hockey standpoint, again, I have to keep coming back to this. If you don't think this is a good deal for the Carolina Hurricanes, I cannot explain to you then what good hockey deals are. And again, he fits, he fits in the locker room. He fits in the scheme of how they want to play. Brendan Lemieux is going to be interesting for me because he does play with an edge. He plays with that little bit of bite. Well, and we talked about uh, no pun intended. We talked uh, about the playoffs game. last year, and and you look at the Florida series. You look at go back and look at the Islanders series, and how frustrating it was to watch. And now, with the additions here, I don't think the Islanders try and cross those lines too often anymore. And when you end the season, you didn't win the Stanley Cup, you review everything, and your goal is to try and get better. And when you look at this team right now, just lay all those names on the paper and combine your lines however you want to do it, Yeah, this team and what Don Waddell has done is now better than after the final loss to the Florida Panthers. Period. And we've talked about it. They brought back four key pieces to a team last year that were under contract that you needed to get a deal done with at less money than what they were on the team for the year before. In Jordan Stahl, your netminders, and Jesper Faust. Like, the core total of that money is less than what they, they played for last year. 
Yeah, name a team that's been able to do that. It's almost impossible, but they know what they have here. And I think that's the exciting thing about it. It, it really, truly is exciting. So we'll see. Can't wait to get to it. I also can't wait for this heat, at least the humidity, to go away. Well, wait longer. It's not happening anytime soon. August still. Unbelievable. Uh, we were talking about a, a great center. A Let me ask you this. Here's one for you with Sebastian Ajo. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Take a walk with me where you see mm. where this is going. You think he could be a, a Selkie Trophy winner one day? Yeah, I mean, I'll take that. I mean, why? The way he is determined, again, when you look at him, again, we talk about him only being 26 years old, from where you started to where you are now, and how you learn, as Rod talks about, to be that everyday NHL guy. And the commitment you have to have in the defensive zone that Sebastian Ajo has, killing penalties, getting better and better inside the faceoff circle. The Selkie Trophy is, to me, not out of the question for Sebastian Ajo. So I would take it. Well, I bring it up because the guy who's had a stranglehold on it for the last decade said au revoir. He retired. Patrice Bergeron uh, for the Boston Bruins. His career, 19 years, overcame uh, concussion problems early on in his career to become one of the finest players to wear a Bruins uniform. That's saying something. You know the oddest thing to me about the Bruins? Their entire existence they have players that you just absolutely can't stand. But then they have, like, the classiest guy in the league on their team. Yeah. And I think, you know, very often we don't talk too highly about the Boston Bruins. With good reason. But a well-deserved, long-extended stick tap to Patrice Bergeron and his entire National Hockey League career, what he did not only for the Boston Bruins, what he did for the National Hockey League, I'm going to go as far as to say youth hockey in the Boston area um, because, as you mentioned, the type of person he is, what he did for Canadian national teams and the way he played on those teams, just an outstanding career and a guy who can walk away from the game with his head held extremely high and held in the highest regards by every player around the league. Yeah, and uh, for me, you go back to – when this run started for Carolina five years ago and the Bruins were trying to win another cup, you know, that line that he anchors and when they want to move David Posternock up to it and him and Brad Marchand, they were dominant, dominant, yes. maybe the best line in hockey. Yes. And he was the anchor of it. He didn't ever need the credit. He never looked for that. Uh, how he went about his business, uh, the stories you hear – uh, there's one that's out there. I'm sure you saw it. Uh, they were playing the Sabres and Tage Thompson's wife. It was last year. Something. Yeah. And before the face-off, he asks Tage Thompson, how's your wife doing? Correct. I mean, that's that's the kind of person we're talking about with Patrice Bergeron. Uh, the, that's, you, you hate to see guys like that go, leave the game, because, you know, they're a classy individual. I gotta, the rest of the league I, likes it now. I, well, I keep looking for comps with Sebastian Ajo. The way he carries himself yep. on and off the ice. That's there's another guy who's there, but uh, Bergeron to me is uh, I don't know how you replace that guy. I do know this. Let's take an overlook at the Eastern Conference. The Boston Bruins are in trouble because massive hole. You don't replace that guy. You don't replace, and I don't know if David Krejci's coming back. So I know they're in the other division, but 
You're talking about fighting for a wild card or a boogeyman who's been out there for some teams over the past few years, although I think the Canes vanquished that. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see the Bruins going on the run that they did to start this season no. um, with losing their captain in that situation. And, you know, to put a bow on this for Patrice Bergeron, I think when guys announce their retirement and, and things like that, a guy like Patrice Bergeron is probably still going through the amount of text messages he received from players, former players, coaches, um, all over the world, not only in this league, that Patrice Bergeron has had an effect on in some way the way he played this game. I was trying to look for over-under for you, responsibly, for what the Bruins' number will be now that uh, Bergeron retired. Can't find it. So, Oh, under. Under. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fair enough. We'll keep that there. Uh, it's been a while. Do you want to get into some of the questions that the fans have? Yeah, we haven't talked to the fans in a while. Well, it's, now it's time to do that. So using, is it, can I call it Twitter anymore? I don't even know. What's what it, is it still Twitter? No. Elon, What's the X mean? Elon's, yeah, Elon's trying to call it X. Or X Factor? Is, is this yeah, the X Factor? I, I guess, sure. Uh, <laughs> let's get to, let's get to the questions. Uh, Zachary Martin. Seeing that Svetch, Aho, and Cote Kaniemi are all signed long-term, who do you think the Canes will sign long-term next, Jarvis or Slavin? He put an and. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make it an or question. I think Jacob Slavin is the one you look at for the long-term deal. Yeah, I think when you look at Jacob's contract, two years remaining, but we'll be in a very similar situation as Sebastian Aho next summer to get that extension done um, long-term. I think it's easier for a guy who's played – that many years to go back to your question compared to a guy who's coming off his entry level yeah. to get the long-term style deal. The younger guys usually take a little bit shorter um, to continue to prove and excel and grow in the league. To me, it's Jacob Slavin next summer with, with a long extension. All right. Uh, this question comes in from Howie Handorf. He, I, I had to do this, Shane, because you, you're not on social media for good reason. He goes for Twitterless Shane, which I this is not a thing. But that has spe- really stuck around for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I know. And, and but he spelled your name lowercase s, so I had to respond. There is no such person as Twitterless Shane. There is Shane Willis with a capital S. Show some respect. That's what I said. You put respect <laughs> on his name. I'm not even answering this question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just for you. Okay. Uh, what current Canes players would you handpick to coach the junior Canes youngest team oh, and boy. their oldest team? Name a head coach and two assistants for each. No overlap. Okay. Um, so I'll go with the youngest, which would be a nine-year-old team. I think you got to have some young enthusiasm with skill behind. So I'm going to go with youngsters with the young guys. I'm going to go with Svetch because he's going to teach these kids how to shoot rockets. Yes, brother. And still have a ton of fun while they're out so there. So he's your head coach? Svetch is my head coach. And he'll have fun. Of course he will. Of course he will. Then I'm going to put some guys beside him. You know, with that steady structure, I'm going to put Jacob Slavin as an assistant, right, to help run the D. And then I'm going to keep it kind of young um, with their helper in Seth Jarvis. They're taking my young group to a national championship, yeah, which there are no nationals for nine-year-olds. So I, I figured I figured Seth Jarvis, as soon as you said youthful enthusiasm, yeah, yeah. Talk there. about the skill that they'll learn from those three guys. Oh, okay. Now we go to our oldest team, which would be, uh, locally U16, U18 range. Okay. But our U16 uh, level, you need a little bit of fire, passion. 
Uh, Jordan Martinuk's going to be my head coach. Oh, I like that. Yep. So I'm going to put Jordan as the head coach there. Uh, one of his assistants, you're going to need a guy with veteran leadership. It's easy to just take Jordan Stahl as your assistant. Almost like the veteran, Jeff Daniels. Um, and then you're going to need a defenseman. You need a guy to really lead. So I'm going to put uh, the bearded guy, Brent Burns. Those two coaching staffs right there, look out. Oh, that's solid. That really is solid. Uh, this one comes through. Mateo, if there are no additional changes to the roster this offseason. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. 118 points this season. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of points. Wow. That's 60 wins. That's, if you, well, it's 59 wins, uh, but that would be, uh, 59 wins would be 118. That's the number. It's not over. So 60 wins gets you 120 points. 16-22 is a hell of a season. Sure is. The, I'm going to take the under, but not by much. The only reason being the, the division. It's, well, and the league is so good. Yeah, and the division is ridiculous. You make the case New Jersey's gotten better this offseason. Yeah. The Rangers, I don't know if they're 100% better, but the Rangers are a good team. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh's always good. You never count out the caps. Who knows what Columbus is going to be? There's just no layups around yeah, the league. There, there's so none. 60 wins is a lot. I, I'm... 118 points is what he's saying. That is a great, though, if you were working for a sports betting oh, agency, that is such a great line to put out. I mean, because I could see this team winning like... Because you're going to get great money if you take the over. I can see him winning like 56 games. You know? And then that leaves you that... Okay. Just because I know Rod listens, I'm going to take it. Yeah. Oh. God, 60 wins is so hard in this league. But then I'm, no, then I'm including. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it and be okay with a loss because it's going to be so close. I'm. I'm short selling myself here because I'm just going straight wins and losses. I'm not going points. Yeah, you got to yeah. factor in how good yeah. they are in overtime. Yeah, 120 points. Taking it. Taking it. Oh, <laughs> I'm taking. I. I think that. Hold I think on. that. I think that the Hurricanes are going to have the best record. In the Let league. me call Vegas. Responsibly. I, I, do you disagree with that? That the no. Hurricanes will have the best record. In, they had the second best record in the league to a team that set the all time mark. Yep. Didn't do Boston any favors, but they had the second best record in the league. That people just like dismissed that for whatever reason, right? And so let's take it. Better, they're better this year. Like we're number, taking it. That number is huge, and we're both that's taking a, it. That's a great question. It is because I'm like oh, 59 wins. That puts you on the number. Good question. Well done. Uh, well done. This one, uh, Carl, K two to the Arl. Which non-Kane signing surprised you the most? Off-season deals. Mm. Surprise? Um, I mean, if I if I look back to and we've we've already talked about the Boston Bruins, I'm just going to stick with them because obviously there was enough conversations going on with their staff and Bergeron. He's been there so long. They were an open book. Knowing that he was probably going to retire, I think that, to me, they fell short with some of the guys they signed. To help, not help. The only other one I would say, and again, when you go back to Sebastian Otto, it took the long-term deal in eight years, 
the one guy that did surprise me the most, and you and I have talked about him before, before free agency started, was Tyler Bertuzzi taking a one-year deal in Toronto. All right. I was going to stay in Boston and go with Milan Lucic, but I, I get it from the it's old home, but I'm like, that's not going to make them better. No. And, and that was the thing for me. I, I'm, I'll give you one. Alex Kalorn, and it's it's he couldn't turn down the money, but Alex Kalorn going to the Ducks. Yeah. I mean, that's a great signing by the Ducks. Now, you can you can say that Kalorn's won his Cups with Tampa, and now right. this is a chance. And it's going to be his role to help build young, talented players, be that leader. Obviously, you think he's going to get the C. Oh, yeah. But that, that to me, was the the one that I looked at, and I kind of went, that, that seems odd. But, yeah, you can see that the, the C will go on. Yeah. Kalorn, he's going to lead the team. He'll be that guy. and They're still going to stink. Yeah, but they have, they're going to be entertaining. True. So, um, but, yeah, other than that, there's, there's not a ton of, when you'd say, like, surprising moves. I think that what I'm surprised at is there's still guys out there. Like I didn't see, there was, what it, I guess one of my more surprises, there was no real big overpay No, on anyone. Right. There was no team doing a whoopsie. I, I think part of that is the, the cap is still so tight. Mm-hmm. If the cap went up, I think you would have seen it up. True. Uh, what are we doing here? Yes. What's, what's the, what, you signed who for what? That's going to sting later. You signed who to the what now? Um, uh, the question. Say what? <laughs> <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? Uh, there's a follow-up question. Also, what would a softball team of Hurricanes employees, no players but coaches, look like? I mean, I mean, we'd be team. dominant. I mean, yeah, obviously, well, not me. I, I can't. I, I'm great. I'm all glove. I you can be pitch. the catcher. I can pitch. You don't want that position. I, I pitched for the. That's team. a horrible oh, position. I know it's awful, but we'd be pretty solid. I mean, when I, I look around the office, I know it's surprising, but I can move in the outfield if you need me. It's fine. I got one throw, but like you know, Roddy. They said no coaches. No coaches. Oh. coaches are fine. No players. Yeah. I mean, Roddy, wherever you want to play him. JD, you know, I think the guy from the locker room would be Bill Berniston. I think Billy could. I put Billy behind the plate, just barking everything. Oh, just chirping, just nonstop. You wouldn't be able to hit the ball with Billy in your ear. No, that's why. <laughs> I know. It looks like you got a workout in today. No, no, that's my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> this is Bill Berniston coming to you live from the Canes locker room. Thank you, Billy. Uh, <laughs> that'd be a good team. I don't know. I mean, to go position by position. Because obviously we have we have uh, Justin Williams would be a part. Yeah. Where would you put Stick? Anywhere. Like he strikes me as like a shortstop or center fielder. Yeah. Now it's softball. Do we have four outfielders or three outfielders? Because softball is four outfielders. I don't know. It's just saying. We'd be good. Where would you go? Um, my arm isn't what it used to be. There's some something going wrong in that shoulder, but. I play first base. Okay, I was going to put Tim Gleason at first. Oh, I'm not pitching. I put I'd put uh, Jeff Daniels at third. You know, I could go left field. I'm pretty fast. There you go, left field tracking track it down. down. Yeah, I like that. So we're good. Got that all. Uh, I'm not taking the hot corner. No, I think <laughs> I think the veteran has that. Third base. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> JD yeah. working the reflexes. I think I think he's got it. It's just me. Uh, Sean Smith wants to know. 
When will the Canes play another preseason game in Charlotte? 12 years has been way too long. Got a lot of fans in this market. You know, the NHL used to play. I think when you used to have like 12 preseason games, yeah. you'd look to, to move sure. it and do things like that. Sean, I just think the fact that it's. It's such a long season. They're and, trying to simplify things, if you will. The preseason is shorter. Yeah. So you, you're just going into a building. You're going into a town. And, and Love, obviously, I'm assuming he lives in Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, love the fan base down there. Obviously, another major factor is the Hurricanes minor league team is not in Charlotte. Um, so I don't think the relationship is there to say, hey, we're going to come play a game in your building type of thing either. So yeah. that's I think that's part of it. It, it used to be, you know, you yeah. you would play in other buildings, to, especially if you're the Canes to go to the market. If you're Nashville, you'd play in what Knoxville does, or What whatever. does surprise me a little bit, and I'm going to go back just to um, – pandemic times of when the teams were going in playing twice in one city. Yeah. I'm surprised that that doesn't happen more during they the exhibition. They they said that they were going to do that again during the regular season. I think it got kind of vetoed. Some I, people didn't like it. I I liked it. Yeah, I, I did. I mean, you, you spend two – I I get – all right, you're going to be done with – if you're the Rangers, you're going to be done with – Right, so if the Rangers came in in October, you don't see them again. Yeah. They're yeah. done. I, I get that. Um, but, I, I mean, I liked it. Cuts down on travel. Yep. Cuts down on those expenses. So, uh, this is Corey is not a bot. Happy summer, my dudes. Well, thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That's an uh, old Do you say you. dude or dude? Dudes. My <laughs> dudes. Uh, some good off-season work being put in by the Canes front office. Two questions. What's going on with the lack of an AHL affiliate and all these defensemen? Who goes? Who stays? I wish I could keep them all. Uh, we. He said we. Amen. Thank you. Uh, first question. The lack of an AHL affiliate. That is, you know, going to be one of those tricky situations for Darren York and his staff. Um, we talked about, I think, last podcast about players will probably be sprinkled around a little bit. Um, obviously, they're all still part of this organization, can be called here at any point from anywhere. It's just a matter of finding a quality partner, maybe that's lacking a few players and you can get six or seven to one team. Yep. I don't think it'll be the full split situation, but I know that's being explored as well. But they're going to find a good situation for all their young talent to, again, the biggest thing for the Hurricanes is to find that partner where their players can continue to develop and grow. Yeah. Uh, European players appears that they're heading back to Europe to play because they have commitments with teams. The tough thing about that is they're committed to that team, so it'd be it's hard not to a call them up. over. So, um, but it, it'll be... Trust me, it's something that has been worked on, sorted out. The Canes players will be in a position where they'll be able to be called up. They'll continue to grow. They'll continue to just get playing time, which is the most important thing. And now in that situation, you mentioned the defensive core you know, being eight with Dylan Coughlin. Mm-hmm. To me, it, it, it puts a little onus on the Hurricanes will have to carry a full roster. So you can still carry two extra D and one extra forward. Yeah, you can carry to have your, three players on your To team. have your full roster and have players here that are easily accessible so your question about the ad nothing really needs to happen they all can stay the hurricanes are under the cap and as we know the difficulty of a season getting through without one of those players being banged up i think they have options if they need to rest somebody especially early or late they can do that yeah i i think shane just said it i think all the defensemen stay just based on the nhl 
NHL signed defensemen. I think they all stay. Uh, this is from Eric. Hope you guys are having a good summer. What a long-winded question. Do you think that getting rid of the warm-up jerseys is in a step in the wrong direction for the NHL? Looking at the AHL, they wear special jerseys for several games before auctioning them off. Uh, this became a real firebrand topic, a hot topic. I, I just bring this up from this point. When it gets to a point of every time you do something, it becomes some kind of controversy or there's criticism to it. You can say it's short-sighted to just cut it off and not do it, but it was something that wasn't done years ago. Teams just come out in their jerseys and skate around and go back. Right, you still have your theme nights. Yeah, I, the theme nights are going to be there. The warm-up jerseys are going to be gone. For me, yes, I think you're missing an opportunity when it comes to auctioning off these things and creating a little bit more money for foundations but and it's, whatnot. it's still my understanding that the jerseys will still be created in a way um, – and still be able to be purchased, whether they're just in the store or through the foundation. Yep. So I don't think they're just going away forever. Yeah, It's just that the players are not going to wear them during warm-ups in those situations. And, and this, I don't know if this is the venue for it, Shane, because you and I aren't extremely uh, on the political side of things. And I'm not saying this is a political debate. I'm just saying we try to talk hockey and sports and golf and beverages and food every now and again. Sorry, Bill. Uh, this, to me, though... It turns into no matter what the solution you come up with, somebody's always going to be unhappy with it. Yeah. So, again, I think that you, Eric answers the question. I think you're missing out. I don't know if it's a step in the wrong direction. I think you're missing out. But if you're not going to – my thing is if you're not going to do it, then you don't do it. Right. You know. And the one thing where you're not going to be missing out, out on, and as you said, from the political side of all those arguments constantly, yes. every time there's a theme night – well, you didn't do this. You didn't do this. Exactly. Well, now it's a even playing field for every single team because every single team didn't do the same thing. Right. So now it's an even playing field still for the league to be able to create and generate things with those jerseys where they just go to T-shirts and the stores, whatever they might do. There's still an opportunity. And as Mike mentioned, those theme nights are still going to exist. Yep. Um, and they're going to represent all of those topics sure. again and you're just removing the one piece of the players, allowing them to focus on what they do best. It's creating a great product yeah. on the ice, and their job is not worry about all that other stuff. Yeah. That's on the organization to continue and still put a spotlight on those great theme nights. Yeah, the theme nights aren't going away. And what it does, and, and Shane just hit that, it's, I hate to say take pressure off of, but it, it then allows the players to just play Players don't want to be a spokesman for a certain cause or this or that. They just want but to But they play. have that if they have that option. If they still want to do it, they have they their own platform. Yes. They have they have their platforms to do it. Correct. That's what I think that's what was missed with all of this. And then it you get one side saying it's forced, one side saying it's not. It's for me, whenever you put somebody in a a situation of like, look, this is how you're trying to tell somebody this is how they should feel about something. And and that's a, a no win no matter what. Because, you know, if somebody didn't want to wear a military jersey, a warm-up, what would, I mean, what firestorm would that have, have caused? Right. For whatever reason. So. Um, and, again, well, I think. I mean, if we're going to go down that road, there are players from other countries who are playing in the United States. Correct. Just put that out there. Yeah, just throwing that out there. So, um, again. It's when you say wrong direction, Shane has the right answer for you, Eric. Those theme nights aren't going away. No, 
Uh, those directions and those initiatives are still going to be at the forefront on those nights. The Hurricanes have announced those nights. Yeah. They're going to happen. They're still here. And the spotlight is going to be supported by the organization. Um, and there'll be great nights for our fans through and through. But what, what you are doing, you are, instead of taking the focus away from the game, which is what happens, stays on the game. And you can say that it's a Pollyanna answer from, from us, but you have a lot of, I've got a lot of friends who I don't talk certain things with them about because I know what their opinions are. Right. And that's it. But they're still my friends. Right. I, don't, I don't view them any different where when I see players get vilified one way or the other for supporting a cause or not supporting a cause, or doing, it's, it's, again, Eric, it's a really good question. But Shane says those nights are still going to be here. And if those warm-up jerseys are going to be available for sale, you're still going to find a way to, to make off of that. I, I do get the a missed opportunity. Sure. But I, I think that you, you you got to a point where this was going to be the inevitable answer to it. Uh, Kim with a hockey question for us. What is the probability there will be no more trades before the season starts? I'm trying to manage my off-season anxiety. Um, Sorry. This is a professional sports. Exactly. <laughs> Our anxiety is through the roof at all times. Uh, 50-50? Yeah. Probability. There's, they sell medicine for none. that. Try some pills. <laughs> <laughs> Responsibly. Responsibly. <laughs> Kim, there's a lot of uh, good online apps that can help you with meditating and breathing. Stormbrew helps. <laughs> Responsibly. Um, uh, probability, 50-50. Sure, 50-50. That, that way, it's, you know, we've got every side covered. Uh, Daniel Wagner, when's the match? Team Maniscalco versus Team Willis. The match. Well, I don't is... know if we can call it the match. <laughs> no, <laughs> but we, we did. Um, we're going to work on it. Right. Really hard. My my guy's in. My guy's smiling right now, so I get him on a good day. He's in. <laughs> uh, Sawyer, Work on your game, Sebastian. Sawyer, speaking of your guy, now that Sebastian Ajo is locked into Carolina at 975, could you see him going for 97 and a half points? No, not a half. There's no such thing as a half point. Doesn't exist. Either I'll take 97. Uh, or more coming this season. Hope you're all enjoying the, the summer. Yours truly, Kaniak of Staten Island. I think he exceeds last year. I think he exceeds last year, but do you think he's going to get 97 points? I'll take it. Okay. I think he gets 40 goals. Okay. Love it. I'll go 40. I don't know about 97 points. but That I probably lowered her anxiety. Oh, that's <laughs> so. Yeah, well, maybe. I don't know. Kim is fine. Um, Matt, with Seabass getting his much-deserved extension, do you see this as a long play for him to eventually get the captaincy or do you think that Slavin is the next choice once Jordan Stahl calls it a career? Thanks, guys. Keep the storm brews flowing. With this heat, Matt, we will definitely do that. Responsibly. 100%. Responsibly. Um, I, I don't think Sebastian or Jacob or any player looks at that. No. I don't think that was anywhere in their no. th his thought saying, oh, if I stay there eight years, I'm going to become the captain. I think if the honor is given to him by this coaching staff. Obviously, he's going to take it and run with it. But on the flip side, if it is Jacob Slavin, Sebastian all remains in his role as an assistant and a great leader on a daily basis. But we talk about how good this locker room is. There's not a player in there that is going to say or hang his head, oh, I'm not the captain. That just doesn't happen. So could it happen? No question oh, about yeah. it. I mean, that's going to be – luckily, Mike and I don't have to make that decision. But if you take a look – those would be the two guys that would be yep. the most logical to sure. 
succeed uh, Jordan Stahl as the captain for the Carolina Hurricanes. This coming in from Brooks Hill, keeping the Storm Brew going. Can you guys ship a case of Storm Brew to Binghamton? Thanks, five stars, best friends for life. I mean, we could. <laughs> we could. Wait a minute, no. Can you order from R&D online? No. You, can you ship outside That's of the it. state? Like some things you can't ship. Some things we're going to have to. We'll have to research that. We're going to work on Just that. come visit. We'll work on it and get back to you. Uh, this is from Micah. How do you think adding bunting, D'Angelo, Lemieux, and Svetch's bite, no pun intended, uh, will positively help this team? Looking forward to these episodes to start rolling again. Love it. I, I, I love it too. Love it. I love you got to Love have some PNV. You got to have snarl. Absolutely. You just have to. The old sandpaper we used to talk about. Little, here's a little cup of that on the bench for mm. you. Other team. Welcome to PNC. <laughs> I'm leaving as quick as possible. Exactly. It's salt and vinegar chips for you? Absolutely. Uh, this is from Computer and Coin. What are some of the things you do or don't do to keep your voice healthy in the off-season and ready for the regular season? Thanks for answering. Well, we don't do regular recordings of <laughs> Yeah, um, We talk less on the podcast. Yeah. No, I, I drink water. Tons of water. After games, players, you know, like to soak in cold tubs. So I find if I keep my storm brew at a certain temperature <laughs> and ice my throat with storm brews, um, I seem to bounce back quicker. Oh, nice. <laughs> Going to have to try that. Uh, person in NC, what Hurricanes player has the best chance to get to 100 points this season? Or it's what Hurricanes player has the best chance to get a 100-point season first. I I would say Sebastian Ajo. Yeah, I'd put I'd put Sebastian and Svetch. Fair. Um, I don't think there is anything on that. Uh, how is Andre Svechnikov's rehab going? When could he be back at full strength? Uh, rehab's fine. He's skating. Looking good. Yeah, so when will he be back at full strength then? He's full strength. The man's always at full strength. I was going to say, when is he not? Uh, I would expect him uh, to be good to go. Chris Kelly, what have the Canes done this offseason that will get them over the hump and finally bring that cut back to Raleigh? Everything? Should we list all the names we just talked about? Keep going down that list. They brought the goaltending back. They have the deepest defensive core, one through eight, in the National Hockey League right now. Added scoring. Added snarl. Yeah. So... That's All it. of the above. That's it. Uh, Clip Kiniemi, assuming no more lineup changes, which youngster, if any, makes the team for the first time this year? And whose turn is it for a breakout? Jarvis, Natchez Part 2, or the eight-year man Ajo gets 100 points? Well, that's like a multiple choice, like a take it. Uh, I don't... If it's, I, if it's a younger guy, I'm just going to keep him in this category. It would be Jack Drury, out of the gates. Yeah, because he didn't make it out of the gates last year. Um, I'm going to say Seth Jarvis has a breakout year. That's where I was going. That's where I was going to say. I I would love to tell you that Marty Natchez continues to add on the career year he had and take that next step. I I think this is Seth Jarvis that all falls into place for him. I do like it. So and Seth, if you're listening, I'm not sure if we mentioned how hot it is down here. Could you send some tank tops <laughs> for Mike and I? Sonia, what word or phrase do you think you say the most during the broadcast, Mike? I personally think it's another great defensive play from Slavin. That is up there. 
Yeah, that, that's and, easy. Yes, and I love I uh, I do love saying that. Thank you. So I do say it an awful lot. Have mercy. <laughs> oh mercy! Uh, <laughs> do what I can. Uh, looking for some good summer reading. Shane, what are you reading these days, and when will you publish your autobiography? <laughs> um, since I'm an honest man, I'm not reading anything. Uh, not a big reader. Autobiography, I, I need someone to write it. Right. Just sit then down. That just becomes a biography. Yeah. Well, oh. I don't know. You can tell it. You can dictate it. I could just tell AI to say my name and <laughs> write the whole book, <laughs> wouldn't it? Shane, Shane Willis, this book dictated, but not Shane read. R. Willis. <laughs> well, if you Venmo him money for this one, yeah, uh, Charles, you can. You want to reserve a copy? Just Venmo me. <laughs> uh, forty nine ninety nine for uh, forty nine for hardcover. Oh, fifteen dollars for the way more than that. <laughs> <laughs> and the books on tape. Yeah, uh, Sonia. Uh, we already got to that one. Sorry, Echo Ruin. Uh, do you believe with the growth of social media and streaming services that there's actually small market teams anymore? I think it's a stigma left over by the elitists that do more to hurt the game than grow it. We moved to Alaska and there are Canes fans here. All right. So when you hear small market, I think you have to get out of your mind like, oh, this team, nobody knows about this team in this corner of the world anymore because... It's all available online, whatever you want to get information. Like when, when I was a kid growing up you, know, you wouldn't, you would see your hometown team play. You'd rarely see anything from out and you really had to hustle to get news on other teams. You just had to. Yeah. Now you open up a browser and you, you know, I have people, it's a funny thing going back to my days as a reporter, I get mad about certain things. Uh, the, not the infancy days of the internet, but had people like calling themselves Canes reporters. I'm like, I've never seen you at a practice. Well, I live in Florida. Well, then you're not a reporter because you're not around the team. You're just taking things that other people are doing. Their work. You're speculating. Uh, but what I'm saying is it's, it's opened those doors. But what it comes down to is market size when they talk about things like small market team. So I agree with you in saying that, but I think I agree with that question as well because social media is taking that away, obviously, living in Alaska. Right. Your market is now expanded oh, yeah. because of social media. But I think that it's it's like... Anything. I wouldn't know that. It's like anything... No, and never find <laughs> out. But it's like anything. If you win, you gain popularity. Correct. If you go nine years missing the playoffs, you're not on anybody's radar screen. And I also think when you talk about parity and how good the National Hockey League is, it is so hot right now as a league, as a professional sport. It's To say anyone is small market is crazy. But, um, but Edmonton is small market. Winnipeg is small market, but they're Canadian. So they get a little bit more sure. when you're listening to NHL radio because they're based in Canada. So they're going to service, you know, the Canadian audience a little bit more than what it is. Buffalo is a small market, but for years, TV ratings were huge, no matter who was right. playing. Because so, they've been in the league so long, they're not small market. Yeah, like, I mean, that's kind of what it comes into. But uh, Arizona, Phoenix isn't a small town, but they're considered small market, which I can't. Well, they run like one, but they play in a very small rink. Yes, they do. <laughs> it's very tiny. Although the plum suits <laughs> takes them to another level. I'm not gonna lie, I actually liked calling the game from that arena. I really, really did. It was 
You can see everything. You're right there in the ice. <laughs> you were on the box. Yes, pretty much. We could, Trip and I could shout down and say, time for a change. Rod, who's up next? <laughs> Sebastian, you're next. He'd hear me. So, uh, but no, I, I think to, to what you were saying, backing up, uh, the, the good question from Echo Rune is, it, there's no more hiding teams anymore. There's yeah. no more. It's, the information is out there for everyone. And I think that the more that the Canes win, the higher the profile it goes. I mean, just for example, the Florida Panthers, even though they're fans, you can't say they're in South Beach. Even though they started in Miami and whatever, because people lose their mind, they're in Sunrise, and I know. But nobody talked about the Florida Panthers until this year, until this run, and that's because they win, and they're in a big market. So I, I think what the internet has done to this, I think it's it's brushed away market size, mm-hmm. and it now is the kind of team that you have. So nonsensical jargon is pretty much what I do. How do you guys see the roster shaking out? Do we stand as is and roll into the season? If so, how does the lineup look in your opinion? If not, what move or moves do you think we need to make before the season starts? Five stars, best friends for life, and all of those things that you guys like. Thank you, Nonsensical. Thank you. I think you and I have hit this before. Yeah. One more score? Sure. I think you see the team right now. Today's July 27th. Um, This team looks great, and it rolls into the start of the season, barring any other little move that Don Waddell may pull off before opening night. Um, and this lineup is stacked. We talked about how good they are, how ready they are. Um, and I'm excited for training camp to watch, again, what Rod Burnmore does with his lineup and where he puts different pieces to kind of spark different guys and the chemistry that comes flying out of the gates. Again, whenever you say things like this, I don't think it. people take this as, oh, well, Maybe a shot at what was here before, but my feeling right now, and and even if the Canes hold serve and don't do anything else and just roll into the 2023-24 season with this lineup, this is on paper, top to bottom, the best lineup, the best card that Rod Brindamore and the coaching staff have to turn in every night where you look at, okay, this position, that position, it's, it's, it's where it, it should be. And there's still room to add more if the team wants to. Sure. Um, There are a lot of questions about deals that haven't gotten done uh, and rumored deals that are out there. Uh, We can't get to that. We can't talk about it because I don't don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we don't have, again, I love our fans asking this question, but we don't really have any any more insight than you do or what you read on the situation. There's still conversations going on. There's always conversations going on. Um, Don Waddell has said that. I'm always listening. And always working on different things. And, you know, now with it being August or sorry, end of July, you kind of just sit back and, and patiently wait. There isn't, I would go ahead and say there's nothing super major that's going to go down. No. And before the start of the season. Look, that we just talked about the internet. You know, the good thing about the internet is you get in. Bad thing is you get information like that. The bad thing is if something gets out, now everybody sits around waiting for something to happen. Well, maybe it's not going to happen. Yeah. So you go from there. But yeah, there's there's nothing like the question on do we think there's any more trade? What we what we say and what happens can be two completely different things. That's why I put it at fifty fifty. Sure, something can happen, but there's sure. also a chance that this is it. This is the team. Canes roll into the start of the season with that, and they'll be pretty damn good. They'll roll in unlike the putts that you try to put in from six feet. 
Struggle. <laughs> if you putted, man, you'd shoot like 70. I will in the match. You will? Why? We play. Sebastian can putt. <laughs> you better hope so. I told you. I've, I've got one thing in the match. I'm driving the cart, and I'm making sure that me and my teammates stay hydrated responsibly. Depending with on storm the, depends on the day. With Stormbrew. Depends on the day if we're responsible. You're gonna be you're gonna have to be irresponsible the way we beat you when it's I like, play better that way. When it's like nine and seven after Brady Shea wins the first ten holes. <laughs> and I make sure he gets to the T box. So towels him off on every T box. <laughs> Whatever he needs. I'm a team player, Shane. I think you saw that when we played. I I'm did. Here to you pump are. you up and then I'm here to get in your head when yes, I'm not. You are. So I, I'm Love not it. I'm not worried about taking you off the board. I'm worried about Sebastian. Okay. That's going to be a, I don't know if I can I don't know if I can work my golf magic on him talking about his game. No. You I'll have you no chance. Have you taken out by the third hole? You want to quit the game. Yeah. You'll be like Judge Smales. <laughs> Uh, it's as always good to see you again, partner. Great to see you, my friend. Good to do this. We'll be back, even though we not next week. Even though we had we're back mis- in camp next week. We even, apologize. Even though we had a miscommunication on, sure did. Why I was late today. It's fine. It's fine. Things break. You want to share? Don't know where we are, but we're here. You want to share? Share that one? No, no one will get that. That's it. You got to be there to get that one. Yeah, well, here we, we go. found each other, and now we're in this. Room. <laughs> Last words, yours, Wilbur. Well. Stay cool. Grab a storm brew. Thank you.